doesn't matter if you're balling on the playground or in the tournament. These are the fundamentals. In these episodes, I'm targeting young and upcoming referees who require more fundamental information in order to build their way into representative leagues and beyond. Welcome, my young referees. I want to start by saying I'm really excited for you if you're listening here today. Matter of fact, give yourself a pat on the back for deciding to invest your time in this learning. I don't think there's a single junior referee. I can speak for the ones at Clippers at least, and I'll bet other associations as well, who will not improve some of you dramatically from applying the principles I share with you today. We're talking about court presence. How do you show up on the court, both non-verbally and verbally? What's your body language saying? What story is it telling? How are you perceived by others? Do the teams and audience have a confidence and trust in your ability as a referee? Even just by the way you hold yourself. I want you to think about yourself now. As objectively as possible, how would other people describe you when you're refereeing? Professional? Confident? Sharp? Strong? Energetic? Maybe cocky? Or would they be more inclined to describe you more as anxious, quiet and timid, lazy, lethargic? Just some food for thought. You see, as referees, we want to be in charge, but also with a certain humility as well. So now I'm going to jump straight in. I'm going to go through four simple steps that you can implement into your refing today, literally, to drastically improve your court presence. So if you're serious, take some notes. But let's get to it. Number one, starts with your physical appearance. The first impression you make to everyone around you when you first walk into a building is by your appearance. Do you wear your referee uniform with pride? Shirt tucked in? Looking professional and respectful? Prepared with the right equipment? It's your responsibility And I want you to understand that you're doing this for yourself, not for me. Because there's so many times where I walk into a stadium and it's like it's like when the when the when the teacher comes back to the classroom and everyone goes, Oh, quick, we gotta do the right thing. The shirts get tucked in, the the positions, you know, you guys are getting to your positions, you're a bit sharp with your calls. You know, I don't want it to be like that. I want you to see that it's in your best interest that you do these things. Okay, don't make me give you the look. I don't want to I don't want to make the look. Okay? The Clippers refs, they know it. They know it. I just look at you and you know you you know you're not presenting yourself uh to the best that you can. If you don't respect yourself and your appearance, doesn't matter how well you can do the rest of the things that I'm going to talk about today. You won't be fooling anyone. Now, I don't think you guys want me to talk all day on how to dress presentable. But uh, if you don't get the memo, I might have to. 
But for today, I'll save you the heartache. All right. But number one, write it down. Take pride in your physical appearance. Cool. All right. Number two, body language. Body language. It's a it's a broad kind of theme. But first question I'll ask is whether your body language is sending the right message to the teams. A few things to think about is whether you're mucking around in game breaks. For starters, if you're shooting, if you're practicing your free throws and your three-pointers during a timeout or a quarter time, if you're doing dribble moves, behind-the-back crossovers while everyone's lining up for their free throws, throwing the ball off the backboard, people notice these things. And not only is it unprofessional, but you lose respect real quick. It's about treating the game, the game of basketball that we all love, with the respect that it deserves. And, you know, another part to this is, you know, a smile once in a while wouldn't go astray either. You're representing your own brand. When you go out on the court, you know, when I go out on the court, I'm not just a referee. I'm I'm representing Nathan Cross. It's not about... Being able to walk out on the court and regurgitate knowledge from a rule book. That won't buy you respect. How you hold yourself, Will. What's your character like? A lot of referees these days, they're just sending me the message that they just don't care. It's super disappointing to me. Sometimes they'll say, No, I do care, I do care, trust me, trust me, I, I, I do care. Then show me. Show me that you care. Don't tell me. You keep telling me these things, but your actions say otherwise. Right? There's another There's another major role. Okay? This is the bigger role that body language plays uh, and in, in influencing your court presence. And I put it up there with the, with the most influential of all the things you could do. And that's along the lines of how you walk, how you move, and how you stand. In Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life, rule number one is stand up straight with your shoulders back. This is because such a posture, emanating confidence, tells a story to everyone watching you that you know what you're doing. But not only this, By adopting the body language of the emotions you want to feel, such as confidence, literally starts changing your internal biochemistry and the release of certain neurochemicals to match your mind to your body. I'm talking about something that's incredibly grounded in science here. It starts with managing your posture. Tony Robbins agrees. He says, in order to optimize your mental state, firstly important is priming your physical state. So write it down. Stand up straight with your shoulders back. And I, I, on this same, uh, same note here, uh, I just want to briefly touch on something very, uh, very noteworthy. And that's that uh, in some ways, refing's like a game of poker. Right? Stay with me here. We've all heard the idea of maintaining a poker face, which is, it's about remaining composed even when things aren't going right. 
so as to not give away your weaknesses to your opponents. Well, guess what? In refing, you will make mistakes. A lot of them. And if you're portraying this disappointment through your body language every single time, your opponents, or in this case, you know, the teams, the spectators, they're gaining more and more information and more ammunition to load up and fire back at you, to exploit your weaknesses. So what I'm trying to say here is the time for self-reflection is after the game, away from the court. When you are refing, remain present and just keep moving forward, confident as ever. Then when the game's over, that's the time to reflect. I notice a lot of referees out there and, you know, they'll make a call and and I'll be observing them and immediately I can tell through their expression and, and their body language all just by itself, whether they truly believe in the call they just made or not. Like they'll make a foul call and you can see them reflect immediately. Their head drops, they're overthinking the outcome, the facial expression changes. The confidence just drains from the body. And by doing that, you've just told everyone in the stadium that you got it wrong. Heck, sometimes even when you're right, other people's reactions convince you that you're wrong. Man, that's just crazy, right? You do a wrong hand signal. I see yourself talk through your body language. Ah, bummer. Messed that up. Missed a sub opportunity. Oops. Damn it. Alright, if I notice, chances are that the players notice, the coaches notice, the spectators notice. And the unfortunate truth, but a truth at that, is that they're not going to try and comfort you. They're biased towards their own teams. They will use this information to exploit you question you and get inside your head all right so you know stay present the time for reflection is after the game body language tells the story all right so moving on on to a whole new factor the third factor number three to implement in order to develop this strong court presence is through your signals the referee who ensures every single every single signal, I should say, that they make is sharp, clear, crisp. Automatically demands the attention and respect from those watching. When you call a foul, lock out your elbow, straight arm in the air. Same goes for violations. Your visual count should be emphasized. Thumb to chest, fully extend. Thumb to chest, Fully extend. Signaling to the score bench should follow this procedure. You should be running to the score bench, not dawdling. You should come to a complete stop, an appropriate distance away. Two to three meters works well. Then you signal your foul call. Very clear, in front of your face. Fingers spread clearly, so there's zero confusion. Being patient and crisp with each signal. Not sloppy and lazy. 
guys, I'm serious. This is <laughs> this this is actually my pet hate, and I just simply can't emphasize it enough. Emanate confidence through your signals. Show me that you want to be there. <sighs> got to move on. Got to move on. If you got questions on this, you know, hit me up. But uh, but for now, make sure your signals sharp, clear, crisp. Alright, the fourth and final element I want to touch on for this episode. Alright, I'll go in more depth on on broader broader options on, on future episodes. But for this episode, the last one that I want to really touch on is your whistle and your verbal communication. Look, your biggest asset out on the court with you is your whistle. It's an invaluable contributor to a strong court presence. Your whistle should be short, sharp, loud. It's the best tool you have in order to grab the attention of everyone in the stadium. Without a loud whistle, I I shouldn't even have to say it. I shouldn't even have to say it. And when you're just beginning, it takes a little bit of courage, a little bit of patience, a little bit of practice. But once you get the hang of it, you have no excuse not to not to be emanating confidence from your whistle every single time. Alright, simple, 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 simple things, sometimes difficult to implement. Alright, loud whistle. Part two to this verbal communication is your voice. Adopting a loud, effective voice just proves to everyone in the stadium who is in charge. I want you to use your voice as much as possible. When the ball goes out of bounds, don't just point a direction. Say whose ball it is. Blue ball. Red ball. Gold. Whatever. I could roll off colors all day. Remember, one syllable. One syllable. No purples. No go- no yellows. Alright? You guys already know this, though. Cool. Alright? But half the time, this is very important because the players don't even know what direction they're going. Especially if you're on an under-12s and 14s game. You point a direction and they'll be like, who's ball, who's ball, who's ball, who's ball? Man, you got to use your voice. Got to use your voice. And even when you're, when you're signaling to the score bench, how many, you know, young, young under 12 parents who sit on score bench who have never done in their life, how many of them are going to know what, what signal you're, you're, you're doing when you're doing a signal like number 57 or 17 or 14? They don't know the signals. You need to use your voice. You need to, you need to vocalize what you're, what you're also gesturing. Okay, matching these two together, combining these two elements. Whew! that's your core presence. That's your core presence. So, in summary, I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't care if you have made the best call in the world. If your body language tells me otherwise, such as a long, soft whistle, whistle, I, I I can't seem to whistle. But you get you get my drift, alright? But lazy signals, dawdling to the score bench, quiet or bored tone. That's not going to get you anywhere. On the other hand, I don't care if you make the worst call in the world. No contact was made. If you blast a short, sharp, loud whistle, 
Strong fist in the air. Run to the score bench. Stop. Loud voice. Blue. Eight. High hands. Two shots. Run to your next position. Set up for the free throws. Nobody's going to argue with you. Heck, most of these younger players will just believe you. They don't even know the rules. They'll just be like, dang, you said I fouled? Man, I must have fouled. I must have fouled, because you said so. And you sold me on that. I'm not trying to disregard or dismiss the importance of accuracy. That'll come. But even just the court presence itself, that's going to take you far. I'm serious. I'm serious. It's one percenters, guys. All controllable. The only thing you need is some effort and sometimes a little courage. Because I know, I know it can be scary, but the prerequisite for getting better is stepping outside your comfort zone. So act professionally. Stand up straight with your shoulders back. Embody the emotions you want to feel. Make every signal crisp. And back this up with a powerful whistle and a loud voice. Alright, so how can you ensure this is being implemented? Okay, it's by incorporating some accountability. Write down, write down the areas of court presence that you struggle with before the game. So they're in the forefront of your mind. Tell your partner in your pregame, or even if it's a club game, go out there and tell them. You know, today I'm working on my court presence. I'm going to be working on X, Y, and Z. Let your supervisor know, so they can tell you how you did, and keep giving you more and more feedback. Once you've set the intention... Watch some magic happen. If you're one of the referees who listened to the end of this episode, I want to hear from you. On social media, I want you to make a story, alright? I don't know if you're... You, come on, man. You got to do this. You got to help me out here. Alright? On social media, make a story and rate your court presence. 1 to 10. And then also write your biggest area of strength within court presence and your biggest area of weakness. Alright, tag me at behind the whistle underscore so I can decipher the pretenders from the contenders. Who's serious about this? Who's gonna take on board this advice and put it into practice? Alright, all these little things, they seem like little things. But little by little, a little makes a lot. Make it a habit so that in the face of adverse times, you can maintain your court presence. Alright, I'm going to let Uncle Drew take us out here. Alright, here we go. Never quit. You don't stop playing because you get old. You get old because you stop playing. I'm going to play to the final buzzer, if you know what I mean. It ain't about getting famous. It's about getting buckets. Mm, peace.